everyone. Welcome to this session. Today we are going to go on a history roller coaster. So what I want you to do is to fasten your seatbelt as we go on this journey. In this session, we are going to look at the evolution of the design and the key players, key people that contributed to design. In the 1960s to the 1980s, um, design was able to redefine not only what it was, but what it could be applied to. So looking at the application, not just the knowledge. So during this period, there were two approaches that was birth um, during this period across the globe. So you had the American kind of way and the Scandinavia kind of way to design. So for the Americans, what were they saying? They came up with the concept of design science. And this was birth um, by Buckminster Fuller at MIT. And he was saying that the design team should comprise of experts to solve problems, okay? So not just anybody, but experts um, to solve problems. Now in the 60s, Scandinavia, what they were trying to look at, it was more of a counter to Fuller. So he was, they were trying to see everybody as part of the design process. Everybody could contribute to the design process, not just experts. So now we move into the 1971, there was a man called Victor Papenick. And what he did was he introduced anthropology into design. So anthropology is the study of human, human behavior, culture, and the development of that. Right. So he introduced that into design. In 1973, Horst Rittel also championed the importance of human um, experiences. So not just understanding humans, but what the experiences they go through. What experiences do they go through? So it was more of a build-up on his predecessors. From the 1980s to the 1990s, um, the focus was solely on what it was that really set creative people apart. All right. And there were a lot of um, people that spearheaded that. In the 1982, you had Nigel Cross. Nigel Cross believed that everything you do is designed from um, something new that happens, from creating a new recipe, from arranging your living room furniture. Everything is designed. So design thinking is inbuilt in your human cognition. So from the 1990s to the 2005, the focus was more on interaction. So not just on tangible artifacts, but also on the interaction and how services work. Okay, now in the 1990s, in order to drive human-centered design revolution, Liz said that we need to tap into the imaginations and dreams, not only of designers, but everybody. And that's what brings insights. Dave and Tom Kelly, uh, the, the founders of IDEO, which is a design firm, and they are saying that creativity, everybody is creative, all right? But sometimes your creativity can get blocked. What you have to do is unblock that creativity, and then you can do wonders. So from 2002 to nine, design has evolved, and now you have design consulting firms coming up, Ideal Frog, um, and also how they are applying design into businesses. It's amazing how design has now entered into businesses. So now what does the internet do to design or what does it bring to design? When there was no internet, there was close innovation. So when you want something to be done, you get expect you hire smart people and give them a tax to do, and then they do it. But with now with the internet, you don't need that. You can just Google and you can get every idea that you want. So now there's open innovation. You can get as many ideas as possible from the internet. What really sets design thinking apart? One, it is multi-disciplinary. You can apply to any discipline 
is human-centered, and it also looks at problems from a systems perspective. Not only that, there's a lot of rapid iteration or ideation, ideation with the design thinking process. So I've quickly run you through some key players and how design has evolved. So I want you to now reflect on that. And when we meet in the next class, we'll talk about design across Africa. Thank you.